Triple B Adventures Podcast. Get the buck outside. Triple B Adventures. Yeah. We have our three hosts. Myself, Nate Landshark Shermer. Got Juan Juancho Ortiz. Jamie, I'm here. Hey. Jamie, we got to come up with an intro for you. We need to get an intro for me. I don't have anything yet. Jamie, Jamie the Den Mom? No. 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 Yeah. We'll figure something you're, out. You're vivacious. We need something that like matches with it. Something about Jameson, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Jamo, Jameson. I like that. Maybe JJ. We have. Baby JJ, is that what you just called me? We have, we have <laughs> JJ, Jamie, and Jameson. And then our guest for this podcast, we have LJ. Hey, everyone. LJ, thanks for coming and being on the podcast. Thanks yeah, for inviting thank me, guys. And thank you for stepping it the heck up because you are new to our Triple B Adventures community, but you've already taken on a lot. Yes, yeah, I, I, I'd yeah. say so. No, I'd say so. I'd yes, say so. Okay. Um, this past weekend, you definitely helped out a lot. Um, the overview of what we want you to do, participating in TBA, I think you're going to be taking on a lot. And your attitude, I think you're going to take on a lot. Her attitude is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And sliding right into our marketing gurus. Bon. <laughs> to get us more, foca- more focused, more visible on everything. So I'm happy you're on board. So to, to introduce you to our audience, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you um, as a veteran, uh, but before you, there were your parents. Yeah, my mom and dad, both army vets, um, mom a medic, and dad a, I want to say mechanic. Um, they really, they really inspired me both because a lot of my family is military, whether if it's Marines, current cousins, Marines everywhere, um, grandparents, everybody is just veterans, so what became of me now what you said your mom was was medic and your dad was a mechanic of sorts um were they both serving during the same time did they meet in the service or yeah they met in the service um they both met in the army in their uh, ait and i mean it's not really a long story dad meets mom mom meets dad they get a tour in germany and then my sister's born Okay. My sister was the lucky one. She got the whole Germany. <laughs> the, the experience? So yeah. wait, when they were in Germany, you were stateside? Still, I was or, not Or you born went with yet. them? Oh, okay, okay. I was not even a, a blink in their eye. Oh, okay. Um, it wasn't until they got out of the um, army that I was conceived. All right. So. Um, was there any anything in particular that they talked about that they did? Maybe some, like, badass old pictures what was it that, that made it click for you that say, hey, I want to join too because you guys joined? Um, well, my mom, she really took off after she left and she utilized everything that the Army had given her, her GI Bill. And believe it or not, my mom continued in the field of medicine and she's an RN, medicine and psychologist. Oh, wow. And so, I mean, I get to say today that she got her nursing license four days before I was born. And so whenever she, she calls me, she's like, how long have I had my license? How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And I'm just like, uh, Mom, I'm 36, or I'm 38, or I'm this. And, um, and so that's what inspired me was watching my mom and my dad. My dad went into oil rigging, um, and he worked in L.A., and he did a lot of oil and water, water welling. Um, yeah, so it really got me interested working with my hands, being out in nature, camping, I was like, oh, it's just going to be like a forever camp and I get paid. Yeah. <laughs> He's so great. So yeah. what, out, out of that, out of you seeing them serve, you now serve in a different way. You serve in the community. Um, is that something that you also picked up from your parents? Did they, were they active members of VFWs? Did they kind of, you know, join the veteran community or did they continue on their, their uh, professional path, I should say? They continued on their professional path. And I think what inspired me to continue in the veteran side of it is I didn't consider myself a veteran for so long because I was unaware that there was a place in the community um, mm. for veterans. And my parents, the same thing. When I call them and I talk to them, they still, they're like, I did my time, I got out, I served my country. 
what else am I supposed to do? And that was their thought. But me, I was like, well, what else can I do? And and I wanted to be back in the community with veterans and military. Um, it, it's just a different thought process and a, a different camaraderie that I get. Rather, excuse me, dealing with civilians. Civilians are great too. But there's this brotherhood that's there that I've been longing for. And so the reason why I think I enjoy giving back to veterans is because everybody should feel that, if you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. That's awesome. I, th I think that brings up a good point. You don't know how you can serve until you know what's out there that needs your service. If, if they didn't know of the VFWs and they, their thought was, hey, I did my time, I'm moving on, that's, that's good and all. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but yeah, there's, there's people that don't know that they can do stuff outside of the service that still pertain to their background that falls in line with it. You just have to kind of look out there and, and figure it out or, or see what, what aligns with you. Yeah, and that's what really touched me in that aspect is because when I would talk to a lot of veterans or people that were in the military prior, nobody was really connected. It was like, military done, now what do I do? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that now what do I do is, is a stuck feeling. And it's like, well, how do, I found my, how do I find my tribe again? Like I had a tribe when I was in, but everybody is far, uh, from so many different places that they get sent back home to their place yes, and you get sent back yeah. home to your place. And although we may not lose that connection, that camaraderie of we're going out for a beer tonight or I'm having an issue at 3 o'clock in the morning, who can I call? Right. So how, how did you find our community? How, how do we start going down that road? That's a great um, you know what? It's actually funny. I was looking at that the other day. I was like, how did I even run into Triple B Adventures? I, I asked myself that like a few months ago. I was like, who did I meet? Like, yeah, how like, did I start? Did I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I blame Brady. <laughs> and, and so what's really crazy is I found you guys in a civilian hiking group. Really? And I, I, I retraced my steps. I'm like, okay, well, how did I become so-and-so's friend to meet so-and-so? And it was like this circle, and I was like, from a hiking group? It's run by veterans. That's why. Is it, is it the San Diego hiking? Yes. That's, yeah. And so when I put two and two together today, I was like, I met Brady through the civilian hiking group. Great job, by the way. Sneaky, and which sneaky. pulled me in by one of his posts that there was a veterans hiking, camp out, fishing, hunting. And I was like, wait, what? I remember when my dad used to take me camping. And I was like, I want to go camping. But I was like, not by myself. But who can I trust to go? And then I was like, ooh, veterans, they always have your six, you know? And then I met Brady, and I was, you know, um, introduced to the hunting, hiking, camping, fishing group. And I would just keep track on there. Like, every day I would check because every day it was like I needed to check. And now I had a place that I could check. And no matter what it was, there was always an event that I could look forward to, even if I couldn't make it. It was like my goal for the week to make it. Um, and that's how I was introduced to TBA. That's awesome. So you mentioned, you mentioned briefly that some of the events or some of the activities that you enjoy doing, it was with family and you, you kind of lost that space for a while. So now we're doing that for you. Um, besides, uh, you said camping, what else, what else did you do with your family outdoorsy-ish? Um, and, and where was this, by yeah, the way? Was, was this California? Or or yeah, it definitely was up and down the coast of California. My dad's a straight beach boy. Um, basically all my family is beachy, campy, and so he would take us to different campsites um, up and down California. He had different, what do you call them? Sorry, I know I'm old school, but timeshares. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're still, around. still around. I, I still get those spam emails, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, and so my dad would use his camping timeshare and we would just go everywhere. And then he introduced me how to fish, and then he introduced me on how to surf. So my dad really got me on that tomboyish kind of behavior and as I went away from the military I swayed away from the tomboyish behavior and I didn't do those things anymore and then I wasn't really happy <laughs> so that's when I went I was like well what's gonna make me happy now like what what is gonna be fulfilling for me but not just to go out there and do something but to go out there and do something with other people for other people now I, I feel like I I'm picking up on an aquatic theme here you mentioned fishing you mentioned always close to the water your dad was a beach guy um, that's actually the first event that you had with us. It was, was a kayaking trip, right? Yep, that was the kayaking trip. You pushed that kayaking trip. You were like, I just got two kayaks. I really want to go out kayaking. Who wants to go with me? Hey! And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, we should do a group. We should do an event. And then you did all that event. Someone ended up sponsoring that event for us. 
had a whole nice day down in the Chula Vista area. Is that where yeah, it was? Yeah, it was on at the, the, on the Chula Vista Bay? Marina on his yeah. um, private yacht, which, fun fact, um, was owned by a... Hashtag oh, this is Nolte. Ted. Reagan. You're talking about no. Ted Nolte? Yes. He's, he's awesome. Yeah, so I <laughs> awesome met man. an amazing person the That's first great. time I actually did an event. And I was really, you know, kind of freaked out at first. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know anybody. This is, I'm kind of doing this solo. But what took me and brought me into, like, that no fear factor was, I'm going kayaking. Kayaking. <laughs> like, even if I'm scared shitless, I'm going kayaking. I get to just be in the water. And that, for me, was enough. I mean, I honestly was thinking that maybe one person would say, oh, I'll go with you because I had one extra. So I'm like, okay, just me and somebody else out on the water. That'll be cool. But when it turned into this whole thing, I was like, wow, there's really a need for people that enjoy doing these things that need that one-on-one or that group or the three or four, the 50, however many people that, you know, me personally, I like smaller groups. But just that connection that was flawlessly entertained um, <laughs> and sporadically put together based off of just one one introduction of, hey, who wants to go kayaking? You know, and when TBA asked me if I wanted to put together that event, I was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I remember I remember when you posted that at the group and it was like, hey, I just bought two kayaks because I'm really enjoying this and does anyone want to go kayaking? We should do a kayaking thing. We should do it on this day or this day. I'm, I totally remember that post. I'm, Odd, I'm oddball question. Oddball question. Those kayaks are they tandem or single or single? Single. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, kayaking on a tandem, if you don't know what you're doing, is hilarious, but not actually <laughs> as much fun as you think it would be. So I don't recommend that for you, a first date. You need a team player, <laughs> either in front of you or back, but you have to know like the other person you're paddling with. I can see doing. the person in front rowing one way and the person in back rowing the other, and you're actually getting nowhere. Yeah, the person yeah. in the back is always doing most of the work. Yeah, the person with experience has got to be in the back. And- because you can see <laughs> which drink. way they're... But I do not recommend drinking on coastal waterways. I did not just say have a drink in your hand on coastal waterways. That wasn't me. That was your Coast Guard safety brief for the week? <laughs> Why? That was your That's baby JJ. That's boating really? and drinking. Same as drinking and driving. Can't do it. You'll get big trouble. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fish and game come after you. I've done it Coast with Guard? the Navy Yacht Club Coast all the time. Coast Guard come after you. Coast Guard. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was about to say. Coming from the Coast Guard, that's where I see it. No, you can drink... I you, just, my you just cannot, like, <laughs> if you're behind a, a no, motor. No, no, you can drink. You cannot drink and boat. So if you're in charge of a vessel. Even a kayak. Even a kayak. Ah. So but if your I'm passenger one can. Person, <laughs> there we go. Can. There we go. Yeah, your if passenger you, if you can. have a double, that's true. If you have a double, technically, you oh. know. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I guess or, I have to or look you, up those you throw hey, you want to go tandem kayaking? <laughs> you just see if we can bend the rules and figure it out. You just need a designated driver. <laughs> right? Or if you throw your Switch. oar overboard for a little bit, take a drink, and then get your oar back. Exactly. You're that not loading. That doesn't count either. Yeah. That doesn't even nah, count. I don't know. There's got to be a loophole. There has to be. So, so LJ, you you have this experience with events, and that's why you took on this event for, tri- for TBA. Um, you have a little bit of marketing background. Can you tell us about that and, and how you're using that for us? Yeah, so um, when, when it comes to marketing, I'm completely outside the box. I don't fit with the norm. I don't do things normally or normal how other companies would do them. Just because I've done it so often and I've seen the results, they're really not worth it. It's, it's a really un, unpersonal relationship with the people you do business with, your clients, your customers, and the people that you work with. Here's my Facebook ad. Click on it. <laughs> Um, And I really like to get personal with the companies that I work for. So I observe. I watch the behavior of the company, of their their personnel, of how they interact with their clients, how they put together events, how how they solve problem resolution situations. And it really gives me a knack for boosting that company with the things that needed to be highlighted that they don't realize they're even doing that should be highlighted. And so I take an outside-the-box perspective on it, and um, I even do oddball things. I worked for a security company as their director of operations and marketing. And, uh, you know, if you know that market, one of their clients, which is huge, is property management companies. And so my idea was go out and buy a bunch of Kit Kats, okay? Real cheap solution. Go to the 99 cent store, buy some silver wrap and some bows put a business card on it, and go drop off Kit Kats to all the property managers. Now, previously being a property manager, if somebody brings me chocolate and a proposal or a request for a proposal, I'm going to set it aside and read it later. 
But eat the Kit Kat first. Eat the Kit Kat first. <laughs> and then the message on the back of the card was, everybody deserves a break. And I announced our security company. And it really landed a lot I of contracts. That. I did that. <laughs> and my boss was, at the time, he was really um, confused on how I was able to do that. And not only do that, but go out and meeting people and bringing deposits on checks for accounts that weren't even open yet. And he was like, I don't understand it, Michelle. I says, it's, I'm getting personal. I'm building a relationship. I'm finding out what's not working with other companies. And that's what's going to work. You know, if you find out what's not working and you find out what you've tried before and you find out what is going to work and you just try it one time, it's, it's a do or die situation. You know, it's either going to work or it's not. Heck yeah. Now, uh, can you tell us about any of the specific marketing things that you do? Because it's a little bit of writing and you actually, you're developing, or I don't know if it's launched yet, but it's outside of the box writing solutions? Yes. Um, I haven't gone quote unquote legal with the whole business license and everything like that. I've just been doing a little bit underneath. Uh, for, developing it, yeah. Yeah, with friends that needed it. Um, a few law firms that I'm working with, uh, nonprofits that I'm working with, or close friends that have businesses. And... I'll create whatever content they need that they feel they need immediately to get started. If they need their logo with some business cards, I can do that. If they want to build a, a test dummy website just for quick info, I'll build that. If they want to lure their customers in with content, copy, um, daily blogs, I can do that. If they want to create a whole ebook or a whole marketing scheme and pass that along, I can do that. Whatever their vision is, I can amplify it. Very cool. So did you get a degree in writing or marketing or? Um, no, actually. I started writing when I was in third grade. Um, little back history. I grew up in foster care. So all this stuff happening with my dad and stuff that happened before foster care. So in third grade, um, I fed off of the recognition from my writing. And even since that little as a child, it was always thinking outside the box. We had an assignment in third grade from a teacher um, to submit our poetry about an object in the classroom to the president, okay? I chose a piece of paper. Well, while everybody else was choosing a crayon or an eraser or whatever, I chose a piece of paper and I wrote the emotion that that piece of paper went through every single day, getting scribbled on. Maybe mm. if you didn't have Kleenex, people would blow their nose on you <laughs> and be Dirty and gooey. And, and, then, and then people wouldn't even care about you so much when they made a mistake, they would just throw you away. And so I got real descriptive with it and won first place. Then fast forwarding years, I would just, people would call me in, uh, I think, high school, junior high, and be like, hey, can, if I tell you about this guy, can you write him a poem? Ah. And so I would do that, or my sister would be like, oh, I really like this guy. Can you, can you send him this message for me explaining that? And I'm like, okay. My mom asked me to write their anniversary poem with um, a painting, because I also paint and draw and stuff like that. So, so I did that. So anything anybody asks me to do is kind of like, a challenge for myself to create that vision for them regardless and just present it to them and be like, here, here's what I thought of while you were describing this to me. And that's just how it works. So it's all been just personal experiences and on-the-job training. Yeah. It, going to school for it? No, I went to school for business. I went to school for real estate management and business management. Nothing to ever do with writing. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. I didn't know that you painted. Uh, I, I remember you telling me a little bit about what you do with marketing, but not that you painted. Uh, is there anything specific that you enjoy painting or or medium that you like to use? Outdoor scenes. Outdoor scenes? Okay. Well, that might come in handy. Huh? My, oh, my, my favorite go-to was sitting in front of somewhere and painting it. Okay. So I just it was either visual or if somebody took a photograph or a postcard of where they went, asked me, can you paint this? I would just, yeah, sure, I'll paint it. Okay. So we talked a little bit about uh, where you come from, how you got into the service. Tell us now, what was it like getting out of the service? Because you did a decent time in the reserves, um, and that's that's still a time in a certain in a certain mindset where you're following orders, you're used to the rigid structure. Um, what was it like when you were getting ready to transition and step out of that? Did you have a plan? Did you know what you were going to aim for? No, it was horrifying. And to be quite honest, I didn't even have a home to go home to. So as I exited, it was like, okay, now I have no job. I'm leaving the military. Where do I live? You know, I have home base, but that home base had diminished. Like my grandmother passed away. Um, the home was sold. Like there was nothing to go home to. 
And being that I went in from foster care, I had no one. So coming out, I was like, okay, well, what am I gonna do? It was, it, it was really rough. Um, what I ended up doing was I became a caregiver. You can live with the people while you work and help oh, them. that's so smart. And it was kind of like what I was doing. It was one-on-one and how can I help? I mean, I'm a helper, I'm a giver. So yeah. if I can do something and get paid for it and I would do it for free, I'm winning. How old were you at that time? Uh, 1920. Dang. I did caregiving for 15 years. In the midst of doing caregiving, I ran my own business from home doing customer service for a company that was out of Costa Mesa. I dig the multitasking. All oh, while right. raising my son, who is amazing. Ty, he is actually, he is amazing. <laughs> we met him this weekend. He was great. And and that's, I was going to roll into that. Yeah. In your description out of the, the things that you count as accomplishments, the most important one, you count your son. So what what was that like? Because that's a completely different accomplishment. That's a completely different challenge. That's a mini person. Um, <laughs> Being a single mom is hard, was hard, but it was a challenge that I made the decision when I decided to have my son. And it was every question that I asked myself, um, how I raised him was, if my son can't be there, I don't need to be there either. And if my son can't do these things with me, I don't need to do them either. Because I wanted to raise him with the same, I guess, morale that my parents did, um, knowing survival skills, uh, knowing how to take care of himself because it was just him and I. I raised him to be the little man of the house until, you know, I found one of my own. <laughs> and he was just good. He was just good. Like, I'm, I, I guess I'm just blessed. I don't know. I was blessed um, him. But I don't. I never did anything around my son that would jeopardize his innocence or his like mind. And I always challenged him to utilize his mind instead of saying I can't. This, there's no I can't. The T's silent. Say it again. I think the the way you said it. There was nowhere that I would take my son. There was nowhere that I would go that I couldn't take my son with me. I think that frames the the parenting style where you you nailed it. You said you wanted them to grow up with the same set of values that you did. What better way than having them see what you do, what you experience, how you interact with others? So heck yeah for that uh, that style of parenting. I like that. Thank you. And I think you were successful in meeting him this weekend and his initiative and his uh, uh, leadership even because he would take charge of different things and, and just be gung-ho and see things that needed to be done. You were successful. Thank you. I think uh, I think between him and Dave Perry, one of our other volunteers, yeah. they had like the most steps in wheelbarrow trips. <laughs> <laughs> All while pulling the twelve to six fire watch. Yep, yep. <laughs> so well, that, he volunteered for that. I'm not going to take. I'm not. Don't don't blame me for that. He no, no. There's no yeah. blame associated with you. I should have seen the look on his face. He was ecstatic to know that. I know. Mom, I showed those guys up, and I'm 16. <laughs> and they were probably all like sitting there falling asleep, trying to drink coffee, and being. Cold I did and six hours, else. and everybody yeah. else pulled two. <laughs> so yeah, it really gave him. I really gave him a sense of of being and a sense of um, a leadership. Like he was really proud of himself that what he did, he was able to help you guys. So good. Yeah, I want to say I'm proud of him too. He was always, always taking the initiative yeah. and trying yeah. new things. We never had to like pry him to do anything. Yep. He was trying everything that he saw and everything that was put before him. He ate the rabbit's eye. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that. He ate the rabbit's eye. Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. When I found that out, I was like, you did what? Well, high five. <laughs> if you're proud of that, high five. So that, that ties into this weekend and what we did. We just had our 3MR um, for the audience members that haven't been with us for too long, 3MR is our Modern Mountain Man Rendezvous. Um, and it doesn't have to be man or men that attend this. It's, it's open to anybody, whether you're a female, civilian, uh, whether you identify as a giraffe, whatever. Um, it's our once-a-year fundraiser that allows us to continue operations throughout the year. So we do kind of a exchange of skills. Uh, we have our instructors, our veterans, teaching others, the campers, um, everything from how to start a fire, uh, how to clean and dispatch a rabbit, uh, archery, axe throwing techniques, and all this awesome stuff. So thank you for bringing him along to participate in that, and thank you for, for wanting to get involved in that. Yeah, you guys, thank you for inviting me. It was really amazing to see everything come together after I've heard so much about what 3MR is and what it's about. Um, and granted, I was a volunteer. I wasn't really there a lot. I had other things that I had to take care of. But I got to witness it from an outside perspective, from a camper's point of view. Um, because I didn't really consider myself 
I don't want to say staff or a volunteer, but like I don't consider myself doing those things. I just go and I have fun. And so witnessing everything that happened, I was just, I can't wait. I can't wait until next year. It's going to be even better. And you brought up a good point too. Everybody that, that volunteers or that's on the staff, they never consider it work. Never it, consider it it's work. always fun. So, so if you're approached by anybody to, to volunteer with, you know, TVA or any other organization, just do it because it's going to be fun. It's fun. Well, what's the worst that can happen? It's one event, not necessarily this event, but whatever organization. It's one event. It's one thing. So even if it turns out not to be your thing, you attempted something, you attempted to get involved in something else, and even if it, it turned out not to be your cup of tea, not a big deal. You still did something. You still got out of the community. You still helped out. You're still connected with other people, yeah. and then you can find what is your cup of tea. And go figure. You just might surprise yourself, and that may actually be fun. Yeah. It may actually be something that, oh, I'm not really into, but you got invited and you went anyway. We'll you get fresh air. You get some exercise. You always get a new friend. Always, always. get some laughs, too. Even friends you don't want to have. They just become them. They just become <laughs> friends. I know. Well, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about your experience at 3MR later um, after after we see one of your blog posts, but you did one recently for the kayaking trip that you did. Um, I, I think that was really cool because you've so far gotten to see just about most of the experiences that we do. So you haven't seen one of our beach bonfires, but you got a pretty big taste of the, the group that kind of comes out to 3MR to one of our camping trips. So you can kind of say you checked off camping with us. 3MR, obviously the big fundraiser and you, you worked, you hustled, you put it out there for us. Uh, and then the kayaking trip, like I said, that you led for yourself. So seeing seeing the tempo, seeing what we kind of try to do, what in your imagination uh, should be done for next year to add on? Because I'm sure you have a bunch of ideas to ideas. share. Do we not have ideas? We have ideas. I think share, the, share one or two. One or two. I think the number one thing that if I could focus on um, to be my number one thing to do is I would focus on sponsorships and sponsorships with um, different organizations that will add value to our monthly events as well. Um, and so reaching out to different places and finding out what their process is because next year comes quick. Yeah. Um, and getting started early on that is something I'm really eager and excited to do. Uh, just because I know a lot of different organizations, um, I mean, heck, believe it or not, I just talked to Brady today and I was like, hey, do you guys mind if I take a grant writing class? Are you guys interested in grants? And he was like, are We're you all freaking kidding yes. me? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right, well, I'm going to look online right now. And literally today I watched three different classes of an online course on how to do grant writing in a way that you're not just another number. And without, like, I don't want to contact 100 different organizations and it'd be a numbers game. I want to reach out to organizations that I honestly feel their mission interlocks with ours and that's where I see it being the most beneficial as far as a marketing aspect. I don't see that marketing, I see it as building relationships. Absolutely. Nice. So my biggest goal is gonna be to build some relationships with some really, really important people because I always say it's not what you know, it's who. Mm. And I wanna say too, you know, we, we put a lot of focus on 3MR and all the, the skills building. There's a lot, of, a lot of people, of course, that can't make it. But if you can't make it, if you come to any of these events, any of the campouts or the beach bonfires, there's always someone there that can give you a lesson. Yes. You know, maybe we can't do the small game processing, but I know myself or Brady or Todd will show you how to build a primitive campfire. Heck, they'll, you know? we'll, we, we as in a group, not me, because I would still need another lesson on how to actually start that fire. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I've done it before, maybe once, but... Uh, any of us, at any time from the group, you know, if you ever contacted any one of us, would be willing to, to do a one-on-one -on -one or a small thing with anybody that needed just some skills or some help or talking or anything else like that. Yeah, so don't wait till next year for the next 3MR if you want a little, no, little fun no. lesson. There's there's rumors of a springtime 3MR, so we'll we'll confirm that later with our audience for an actual day, but no, definitely don't wait to get involved or, or get on the bandwagon with us and do these things. Just like LJ, I think the the magical words that stick out with me from reading your blog was, "Just show up." Just show, just show up. up. Just show up. Just show up. Like, yeah, you're gonna have instances where life happens, okay? But just show up anyway. I don't care if it's late. I don't care if it's the last ten minutes yeah. of something that you said you were gonna show up for. Just show up. 
and I get medically if you can't show up okay cool reach out to one of us and we'll reach out to you and find out how you're doing for the next event to where you can show up yeah I always tell myself hey if I can't show up for the day I always say okay I'm gonna show up for I'm gonna make an hour I'm gonna make an hour an appearance you know so I think it's time for a rapid fire question session. What? 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 That, that's a new segment that is brand new. <laughs> oh my gosh, what does that mean? No, you guys no, no. should have seen the look on his face. No, no so prepared for that. Uh, no, no. Going back, going back to the outdoors. Uh, if you could tell me the three favorite camping spots that you've been to, or beaches, because you said you were up and down the coast, so maybe the three that stick out to you, uh, either beautiful sunsets or just the water was really awesome. Just quick three sites that stick out to you. Um. One of my favorites is San Jacinto. Um, I love it. You know, waiting in the streams and the pools gorgeous. that they have there Absolutely is amazing. Um, one of my favorite spots to introduce new veterans if they've never been in the water or kayaking is out by the bay. Um, it's a lot less rough and it's basically like glass water. So it's mm. it's calm. It's not that big of a deal. If it's you, beautiful in the mornings. It's which, which bay? San Diego Bay? San Diego Bay, Mission Bay, and we're, I mean, Fiesta we're, Island. It doesn't matter. It's anything that is blocking that wind from creating that, those waves. And where's San Jacinto? Good question. I'll look it up just to make sure. <laughs> it, it sounds question. north to me. And then uh, <laughs> where my dad used to take us was Central. the San Onofre campgrounds. Okay. Oh, um, like north San Onofre, like up by San Clemente. I love yeah, that those, place. And we, I believe it's – I'm not sure because I, I keep asking my dad, you know – I have these flashbacks of the of the campgrounds as a kid, and the one thing that I remember the most was in order to get anywhere, we weren't allowed to go alone because you had to go under the freeway. And I kept asking him, Dad, which under one is that? You have to go under the freeway in order to get to the beach. Hmm. So I remember okay, having okay, to I'm truck thinking. under the freeway and being so angry that that year we couldn't just go on the beach. You, was that lo- Sandy, Southern California? Yes. I'm going to totally find that one. That's I'm a good a, I'm a beach camper, and I grew up beach camping with my family. I'm going to figure out which beach I'm serious. Is. It's crazy. Like, I'll remember different places, but because he had that um, that timeshare, it wasn't, we're going here, guys. It was, we're going camping. Like, it was it a freeway or just a road? Because no, you were it young was. And it was like a freeway, freeway? No, it was a freeway. He told you, you're not allowed to go into that freeway without an adult. Huh. I think that's a good camp- life lesson anyways. Always oh, go totally. with somebody. Well, yeah. yeah. Buddy system. I mean, the Boy Scouts had, yeah. you know, they knew what they were doing. Buddy system. Yeah. Telling you. Yeah, All but right. when, when you're used to your parents letting you go run wild, and then they tell you, okay, you can't this time, it, it kind of sets you back a little. <laughs> it's like, why the rules change <laughs> like, now, wait Mom? a minute. Well, what is different here? Um, out of camping scenery. So I'm going to assume, but I'll let you say different if otherwise. Uh, let's say beach camping, let's say desert camping, let's say up in the mountains, and let's add a forest in there. Where do you think you would enjoy most? Ooh, honestly, I think forest. Mm-hmm. Because with every forest, there's a body of water. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I think hiking up into the forest and camping and be, being able to explore um, and finding that body of water would be like the biggest accomplishment. The, the last forest kind of I remember going into, and it's been a few years now, but it was... Uh, Julia Pfeiffer State Park, kind of like by Del um, Big Sur, um, and I remember we hiked into it. They weren't the they weren't giant sequoias, but they were still like pretty. I think they were redwoods. I don't know. They were still like the the huge. little brother of the huge trees. Yeah, they were, were still they considerably tall? big. Yes. So was it? Oh, well, it could have been. Yeah, definitely. It, it was Big Sur, so I yeah. know that. But uh, but to your point, there was a body of water. I remember we hiked in, and there was a little stream, and that's where we set up uh, our camp because it was it was nice. It was it's, relaxing. The sound of, of that that's even if it's a slow water, even if it's dried up a little bit, and all you hear is little trickles. That sound of the water is just something that is so special. Okay, uh, and now being no stranger to camping trips, having a few under your belt, what is your favorite piece of camping gear? Whether it's like a, a special survival tool or knife that was passed on to you maybe or you have a, a comfy sleeping bag that you always take. What's one piece of gear that you're like, I love this gear? Okay, so this is going to be <laughs> – this is actually funny. Um, it's a little, little, like the smallest pocket knife you can ever find, and my grandmother gave it to me. Mm. And it has really honestly no purpose. <laughs> it's like too small to even use for anything. But No such thing. Well, yeah, you can use it for something. But my dad always had it. And so when my grandma gave it to my dad, and then my dad gave it back to my grandma, and then my grandma gave it to me, um, I just took it everywhere. And it was like my lucky charm. Hell yeah. To, to piggyback off that, you know, nowadays, with all the heightened security, you even get into getting into the VA or anywhere, 
a lot of us like carrying knives. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we can't go into these places with knives. Well, I have this little keychain knife that folds up. It's only a one-inch blade. Okay. But since it folds up and it's on my keychain, they never spot it. I go into the VA. I go into clubs. I go into everywhere. Sure, we will. And I always have a knife with me. Keychain knife. Because of that. Yeah. I think that That's should be something new on our menu. I, I want to see one of those, yeah, because I'm, I'm imagining a few that I've seen. Yeah, Are you writing this down. Somebody writing this down. We're 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 gonna add this to the uh, coming the soon to the TBA podcast. near you. <laughs> I like the keychain. I like night. the little ones too. My son has one that was really small. It wasn't like a one inch blade. I don't think it was a little tiny bit bigger than that. But uh, he wasn't using it. He had to take it off his keychain for a little bit. So I had it for a while, and that was probably one of my most fun knives to carry around because I just always had it. So if I had to cut something small or anything like that, it was always right there. Yeah. Because I always have my keys with me. It's know? it's not so much yeah. a knife knife. It's more like a utility blade. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. you just yeah. need something exactly. sharp yep. and small to exactly. cut. Exactly. To cut cord. You know, cut a thread off, do this, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm getting old. Exactly. I can't use my teeth anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't ever use your teeth no matter how young you are anyway. Yes, mother. I'm always amazed when people still do that at the campgrounds. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, no, come on. You need that enamel. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, see, I'm like this. It's, it's weird. It's like, oh. I mean, I think I told you one, but I probably haven't told the rest of you or the audience. Um, my brother married a lady from Nigeria, mm-hmm. and their teeth are so strong really? because they they don't just let's say for for example chicken they don't just eat the meat they eat everything. they, they eat, the, eat the bone the marrow the yeah. everything. So my my sister in law still to this day can pop bottles with her teeth because they eat everything. Your teeth are so strong. Yeah, that marrow's yeah. really good for you. Yeah. That bone broth. I'm just like picturing oh. the bones like splintering as you chew them though. Like, oh. See, I didn't understand oh. that either. Oh. But after you make them really soft, because my um, son's dad, that's the same thing. They can use everything for their teeth. And my son, growing up, that was like one of his delicacies. Can I have the bone? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing, son? Why are you eating a chicken bone? Mom, taste it. And he's sucking out the marrow, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm going to try that. What are they teaching my child? Uh, now I'm going to try it next time I make a chicken. Now I'm interested. It's actually really good. It's really good. It's really healthy for you, too. Okay. Try anything Fun else. fact. Uh, and then my last rapid-fire question before I pass it off to Nate. Uh, your favorite campsite meal? So sometimes I usually <laughs> like if it's heaven, like I love taking MREs. As as shitty, okay, well, silly why as did it you sounds. Steal my thunder one? Oh, okay. So what <laughs> MRE then? What MRE? Okay, so here's the thing. I don't know, but if you're gonna ask me what my favorite camping meal is, when I was in the army, nobody was nobody was like me. I love the MREs. If you guys don't finish your MRE, I'll have it. Yeah. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you want to trade. I'll trade. I don't care. MREs are the business, only for the simple fact that they're convenient and they give you everything that you need. I'm not there to eat. You know, I forget to eat, but if there's an MRE in my pack, I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna if I come if I come across them, I'm gonna make sure that I save a Chili Mac for you because I think you should know and remember Chili Mac is the best MRE. All right, we're gonna think about that. That's your favorite MRE? Yeah, Chili Mac, uh, beef stew or pork rib, um, and jambalaya. I think those four are like my top ones. I can say honestly. Nobody better look at me funky right now, but I have never eaten MRE. What? Ever. You. Ever. We're going to change that next I've time. I've got like around. six of my truck. That's because she's from the Coast Guard, everybody, just to let you That's know gonna that. That's going to change tonight. <laughs> yeah, do you, like, do you guys like never I've never had, well, or, like, we, see I mean, him no. even? Like, did you ever field strip one? I didn't even, like go on a Ciao. patrol or deploy anywhere <laughs> like that when I was in the Coast Guard. I was just up in the port and stuff, so, you know, like wasn't like I had Spot. in my pack for yeah. middle of the night snack. I just never, I don't even think I knew what an MRE was until I was out already. She had lobster and right. clam chowder. We had Italian lobster shade, and literally we had lobster when we were in Petaluma because at, that's the cooking school for the chefs, for the you know, ah, subsistence dang. specialists or whatever they call it now, for the uh, <clears throat> for the Coast Guard. So when we, my ex was stationed up there, we would go out to Petaluma on fish Fridays because they would have like this massive spread. <laughs> That's the Coast Guard. What can I say? Well, but we no, sit over here eating MREs. No. Well, exactly. no, that's that's diversity. That's the thing. Yeah, I, that's everybody crazy. gets a different experience out of the military or out of any branch. So hey, if you had lobster, like, so uh, kind of cool. Like, I guess uh, next month I'll probably be eating some MREs out in the desert. Then we'll right? make sure for that. Yes, we that's will make sure happen. for that. Okay, we need to give her the one that nobody likes. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't want the. No, thing. no, no. We, we want, want to make sure you have a good experience with it. No, honestly, my favorite part about the MREs. Was like the lottery um, while everybody was sitting eating them. 
Did anybody get M&M's or Skittles? Oh, right. Like what good <laughs> treats came out? Yes. My son always said something about the peanut butter spread. What about it? I don't know. Like it was, it was, it was all right. It was peanut butter spread. You don't want to know what they did with the peanut butter spread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's what we're talking about. Oh, oh okay. I'm hiding the peanut butter spread. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. No, but uh, it's funny. When I was in, I was, I was the older guy. And I, how old is old? I joined at 32. Dang, so I didn't. Old. I didn't want the candy. Okay, Dad. I wanted the caffeine. You <laughs> wanted yeah. the coffee. Yeah. So I would get. Okay. Like, so you'd be trading, right? So to to kind of roll this all into one, my favorite uh, MRE was um, the cheese tortellini, and Good cheese one. tortellini. Since that was a vegetarian a vegetarian option, mm-hmm. you got candy with it. So then I trade the guys. I'm like, hey. I'll trade you fucking candy for your coffee. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. There's these kids, you know, yeah. they're 17, 18. They, they don't caffeine. want coffee. They want the candy. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, give me the caffeine. Give me that coffee. <laughs> That's funny. And then also to, to go off of all this, I just found my favorite uh, my favorite dessert what? when we're camping. What S'mores. S'mores, yes, but it was done a different way. Explain how did they make it? So they had like white chocolate cookies. Ah, the the rainbow s'mores. Like white chocolate Were those covered them? cookies? It was white chocolate covered cookies, and then they did some more. So you didn't need a chocolate, and you didn't need a graham cracker. You used the white cookie. chocolate covered cookie, and then put the marshmallow in between. I mean, they're messy anyway, so why not? Yeah. So, I'm trying to remember what those cookies are called, but I, I remember seeing them now. They're like cookie on top, but they like dip the bottom in chocolate and they the sprinkle thing. The whole thing was like white chocolate covered. Okay. Oh, so My favorite good. s'mores uh, is. Graham crackers and a Reese's peanut butter cup with a marshmallow. Oh, that sounds good too. It is good. It is I mean, amazing. we're gonna we're gonna get real creative with the next one. I make I, a, like I make s'mores dip. So the next time we have something when we're not camping, because I'm not gonna deal with cook, cleaning up a crock pot after that or, or a, a cast. Especially pie. a marshmallow crock pot. That sounds. <laughs> marshmallow fluff and you do it with chocolate and it's like this layered thing that you make in a in a dish. You know that you can cook put in the oven or microwave and you just break those graham crackers and dip it right in. I think we need Perfect to plan our next party. potluck. Yeah. Perfect for a party. All right. So, Juan, I think you were passing the torch off to me. Yeah, I actually had one more quick question. Okay. Um, So seeing now, again, some of the events that you have done, uh, seeing what can be done with TBA, if you were to have your next event experience, what would you plan? Would you do, like, a water trip? Would it be a a specific camping trip? What kind of idea would you like to express to TBA and have have a reality? I think I would create an event that interlocked – each sector of TBA, um, the the hiking, the camping, the fishing, the hunting, and the kayaking, to find one location to where we can bring everybody together to either teach or um, have different venues for the people that wanted to, so we can have a not not really a bigger turnout, but a more variety of um, activities that. Wow, that ambitious to. things to come. Things to come is what I always say. Awesome. We'll have to talk about that. Let's get some kayaks right. up on the mountain. Yeah. Let's do some kayaking soon anyway. So I'm going to yes. end this with a question for you. Um, give me two pieces of, of advice that you would give to another veteran transitioning out of the military. Hmm. Two pieces of advice that I would give somebody transitioning out of the military. It's a hard one. I'll, if, I don't, I don't want to like put words in your mouth, but I think you had a really good one with the blog post. Again, just, just show, show up. up. Yeah, just show up is one. Um, but it, it's, harder, it's harder to just show up if you don't know about it. So reach out. Reach out and show there you up. Go. Reach out. Um, I mean, and I would suggest that to people that are in now and that veterans that know people that are in or um, civilians that know veterans that are about to – become or military that are about to become veterans to link up with whether us or another nonprofit because it's it's really not about what we do it's that we're doing it together I agree heck yeah thank you for sharing that no problem I I like what you said about just showing up and uh, one of the things that has been uh, uh, resonated in my the last five years for me um, through different groups that I've been in is find your mission again so find your mission because mm-hmm. you all had a mission when we were all we all had our mission we all had our job we all had our thing when we were in so you find your mission and you just show up so like you know 
if your mission is I'm a mom and I'm doing this or this is my job or I'm promoting this or I'm gonna start this you know group over here you know you find your purpose somehow some way and then even if before you're finding that mission you're just showing up to something but then you're finding your mission and you're showing up and you're encouraging other people to show up. because you never know when your skills are gonna be needed yeah like everybody's good at something and everybody's lacking something and I mean what I mean by everybody is if you plan to join a group that you enjoy doing that activity with you never know if that group huh, I'm an example <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> you never know what that's gonna turn into like I was I was staring at the, the four walls in my, my room for the past four years, wondering what the hell I was going to do with my life. Like, who did I want to be when I grew up? I wanted to be just like my son when I grew up, you know what I mean? And he's 16. Um, and so it, it took, literally, it took one of your guys' members, a.k.a. Brady, to say, I don't care if you're late, just get your ass over here. And that, that force is sometimes what I need. I need a kick in the ass sometimes. Yeah, we I need do. somebody to be like, who fucking cares if you're late? Just just get here. So. I agree. So to end it with that, uh, to ensure that people have a place, have a destination where they can just show up, our next campout is going to be happening December 13th, 14th, and 15th. And that's going to be in Minewash. That's uh, an area out in Anza Borrego. So we'll post a little bit more about the details um, for the location so you know where exactly it is. Or just reach out and say, hey, I don't have a ride. Can I carpool with you guys and, and we'll get you picked up? Um, but again, that's going to be December 13th, 14th, and 15th. And it's going to be a camp out in the desert, but this one's going to be a gift exchange. You don't have to participate if you don't want to. Uh, it still is a zero-cost camp out, so we'll provide the food. We'll provide the shelter if you need anything. Uh, and like I said, we'll pick you up. But if you do want to take part in the gift exchange, we just ask that you keep it under $20 can be you know something simple there's a lot of good camping gear out there that's under twenty dollars that you can just share with somebody and uh and make a new friend for a little gift exchange maybe like a white elephant yeah exactly exactly you already have something or you have more than one of something it's going to cost you nothing other than just showing up and that's the hardest part you guys doesn't have to be a brand new thing it just has to not be obviously broken or anything but it's got a twenty dollar value and come bring it on out and join the gift exchange have a great time sit by the campfire do a little bit of walking around and bouldering and whatnot and come out. Yeah, bring glass. bring gloves. Good note on that. Bring, bring gloves, gloves for bouldering. If you're going to do that, absolutely. Uh, so, folks, again, one more time. That's December 13th, 14th, and 15th. Now you have no excuse to say you don't know when it is or when the next one is. Come on out. Remember, you can find us at Triple B Adventures on Instagram or on Facebook or as Triple B Adventures on the podcast. Before we go, though, LJ, how do they find you? Oh, good question. <laughs> How do I find me? No, I'm just kidding. You guys can go on Facebook and look up LJ Whittier, or you can look up uh, my business, which is Outside the Box Writing, um, at gmail.com for an email, outsidetheboxsolutions.biz, or you can find me on Instagram on OTBW Solutions, um, or go on the TBA um, page, Facebook page, and you'll find me there posting all the time. Yeah. Folks, thank you for another great episode and joining us. We hope to see you at the next camp out. Till the next time. Cheers. 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 Yesterday